Most people know that Law Matters was created to open the lines of communication with law enforcement, as well as create educational opportunities so we can be better, more informed citizens. For the last several months, all the news stations have been promoting a negative mindset towards the entire law enforcement community. I agree that some of the recent events are beyond egregious. However, those events do not represent the vast majority of the brave men and women who risk their lives daily to keep the rest of us safe. I'm asking you to please, next time you see a member of law enforcement, show some appreciation and thank them for their service. Now, let's start the show. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining Law Matters. In the studio today, we have TPD, Detective Alex Freeberg. Yes, Freeberg. And Lieutenant Corey Doggett. Correct. And we have Dave with 88 Crime. Good he's morning, like an Sherry. old shoe. He's here. <laughs> and we have Rich, who's on the board. And today we're going to talk about unsolved murders. And I, I think we want to start with Dave, because if you do, if anything we're talking about today triggers a memory, we don't want you calling into the station and telling it on air. <laughs> so, Dave, tell them what they can do and, and how they can do it. Absolutely. Thanks, Sherry. And uh, good morning to your listening audience. Uh, representing 88 Crime, we have a number of ways that um, we're able to connect the community through 88 crime to law enforcement and make sure that tips concerning um, various cases are are responded to in a timely manner. Um, first and foremost, very easy to call the tip line, our tip line at 882-7463. You can also go online at 88crime.org or use our P3 Tips mobile app um, any of which will will ensure a completely anonymous um, information from the caller is provided to law enforcement. And uh, even in those cases where, where tipsters may provide information that could potentially identify them, we make sure that that information is completely sanitized. We do not record any of the calls. We do not take any personal information. Uh, once the, the crime is solved, we're able to to use a confidential number and a password for them to retrieve um, what will often be a a reward for providing that type of information. So you want to get your Christmas list out and <laughs> earn some money, get your shopping done early. And before we start with the Tucson Police Department, we want to announce that they're having a open house. I think that's a good way of describing it, sure. Okay, they're having an open house to highlight opportunities for women in law enforcement from 1 to 3 today, and it's at the Law Enforcement Training Center on Wilmot. So if you're thinking about law enforcement and want to know how things are might work out for you, go down there. They'll be happy to talk to you. It's a great opportunity. So did you have some uh, cases you wanted to talk about? Give us some examples, Dave. I do. Thanks, Sherry. So... On occasion, private donors, family members um, will provide additional contribution awards that uh, we will add to the funding that, that 88 Crime provides. I have four separate cases. Uh, my first is Zachary Corbett. He was shot and killed during a home invasion robbery back on October 13th, 2015 in the 1400 block of East Grant Road. Between 88 Crime and uh, private donors, 
We're offering a $20,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person responsible for that. We also have Danny Jackson. He was shot and killed in the 400 block of South Grande Avenue on the west side on July 7th, 2020. Uh, Again, a reward up to $27,500 for information leading to the arrest and conviction of his killer. And then Osvaldo Raul Vargas, who was killed on January 14th uh, during a drive-by shooting that occurred in the 400 block of West 19th Street. Uh, $4,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and and conviction of his killer. And then uh, finally, Ramon Ramirez Gastelum, who was killed on June 14th, 2021. His body had been discarded near Greasewood and San Juan Trail. And collectively, we're offering a reward of up to $6,100 for information leading to the arrest and conviction of his killer or killers. So if you know anything about any of these cases, what the heck? Call it in. 88 Crime is the phone number. If you can't remember all those numbers, 88 Crime is the phone number. And you will remain anonymous. So you don't have to go to court or anything. Just... Turn them in and collect your money. And, and I highly encourage people to go to the P3 Tips app. Yes. yes. Um, available on iOS or the Android store. Very easy. We also have many um, QR codes um, that that will get you directly to the 88 Crime website, where we also have links there to any of the reporting mechanisms. Yeah, that, that P3 Tips is a great little app to have on your phone. You never know when you're going to see something, hear something, and you want to turn them in. Okay, I want to talk with with uh, Alex and, and Corey here. What cases do we have to talk about today? Well, first off, good morning. Um, I have four cases to talk about. They're all from last year, all unsolved homicides, um, some which we have suspect information, others we don't. Um, The first one I want to talk about is involving three victims. Uh, Walona White lived in the 7600 block of East Toronto Street with her two sons, Talmadge Holmes, who was 18, and Jaden White, who was 14. On July 1st, 2021, around 740 in the morning, Walona's parents found Walona and her two young sons shot to death inside their home. Walona and her sons were last seen alive the evening prior. Investigators do have a person of interest in this case. However, any additional information could be helpful in solving this triple homicide and seeking justice for the family. So they were they were shot sometime during the night? Yes. Nobody yep. heard it? Um, we found a witness afterward who had heard some gunshots. Um, but said it was common in the area and and didn't report it, unfortunately, immediately. That's too bad. So if anybody has any information on that, 88 crime. Yes, exactly. So what else do you have? Uh, the next one was June 1st of 2021. In the early morning hours, 38-year-old victim Manuel Martinez Gomez was shot numerous times while sitting in his vehicle in his yard of his residence. The suspect was seen exiting an SUV-style vehicle, which was passing by. The suspect approached Manuel and shot him numerous times. 
The suspect is believed to be taller, heavyset male, and was seen getting back into the SUV before leaving the scene. The investigation revealed that there are outstanding witnesses involved in this case that have not yet been identified. The witnesses haven't been identified? Correct. Because why, why would witnesses not come forward? What typically is the reason? Fear of retaliation is a big one. Um, also, in not knowing that the information they have could be helpful to investigators. Um, they may think we already have that information, um, that their information wouldn't be helpful to our investigation. But in this case, those witnesses had information that could be helpful, I believe. Do you know how many witnesses? I don't. Nope. More, more than one. More I can say that, yes. More than one. Yes. And Sherry, just to reiterate too with 88 Crime, this is also important to remember that if other people have heard from these witnesses, maybe they divulged what they saw a week later, a month later, those individuals can still report to 88 Crime what they've heard. And they can say at Christmas or on the weekend, or I was at a party with this guy and he was bragging about doing this act or witnessing something, feel free to report that to 88 Crime as well, because that's also all we're asking for is the tip. We're not asking for the name of the individual. Anything that helps us further that investigation is our ultimate goal. What if somebody knows the name of the person who did it? Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> what did Rich used to say? Bring me the body. <laughs> I was say, it's always much easier if they have the address and birth date and phone numbers and all. And I'll social take security and blood I'll take type. that immediately, of okay. course, but I'll take any other additional tip that they have. And 88 Crime has been invaluable with getting that information to our uh, detective units and to be able to share that with us to help further our investigations. But once again, just to reiterate, it's anonymous. We do not have the names of those witnesses unless they choose to divulge that to us. All and we even get then, is the tip. They, they, yeah, they usually don't divulge that Correct. anyway. And, and you don't have to go to court. When you use ADA crime, you're giving information. You're not required to go to court and testify. And I think that's a big hang up for people. I don't want to be dragged into court for weeks on end testifying, but if you've got the information, 88 crime, that's the way to go. Exactly. And even if they don't know their full name or just know them a by nickname. a nickname yeah. or, and they can provide any additional information, we can do our digging and try and figure out who they're talking about. It's puzzle pieces. and You might have that puzzle piece that puts this case together and puts a bad guy in jail. Correct. Who else do you have? A 43-year-old Ruben Valenzuela was at a family member's residence after a barbecue in the 4400 block of South 7th Avenue on July 23rd, 2021. Around 10 p.m., Ruben was hanging out enjoying his family outside in front of the residence with other family members. Several subjects walked up to Ruben's family's residence and someone shot numerous times into the group, killing Ruben Valenzuela and nearly hitting other family members who ran away to seek shelter. There were several people inside of Ruben's family's residence and that residence was also struck by gunfire numerous times. The group of subjects involved is believed to frequent the area of 6th and Ajo. So you think they know who did it? Uh, I think that somebody knows who did it, absolutely, yes. Now, are these gang members, or what What do you think? What's your, what do you suspect? So some of the people that were at this residence are affiliated with gangs, whether or not 
the suspects are. I, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Um, but it is a neighborhood that is known to have gang activity. Yeah, Alex is uh, one of our experts in the gang unit and has since transferred over to Homicide, I guess a little over a year ago. So having her on the team, she brings that knowledge of what the gang activities are in certain areas of town and now able to carry that forward into our homicide investigations. And I, I think that that's one of the larger pieces is what we think of as gangs today is not what it used to be 5, 10, 15 years ago. And in a lot of these activities, it's frank, frankly, it's just people in criminal acts that are associated, whether it's related to drug activity, whether it's related to prostitution, selling of guns, or just a year old beef because you've dated somebody's girlfriend now, or you're married to them or something like that. The reason That'll get you shot? That will get people Absolutely. shot. Yep. Holy cow. Certainly. <laughs> Well, and I think that's something that we have to remember is the city of Tucson is a safe city. We're talking of last year we had roughly 93 homicides. Well, it's not roughly. It was 93 homicides. And that is about 30% higher than our highest ever recorded previous year. Um, but of those 93, we've closed about 88% of those. And so that's only due to the work of 88 Crime, our wonderful detective units, and the community. I think people forget sometimes that we're trying to bring closure not only to the families that are involved in these homicides, but there's also the neighbors that are traumatized by what occurred. There's also every other person that's around not really sure what to do with having had either witnessed or been party to or having to live with the aftermath of that. And it's you have just to something that shock. we're working on. Oh, certainly. You're, you know, you're sitting there having a barbecue and somebody just pulls up and starts shooting at you. Agreed. I mean, there's no great way to explain it. I know we're talking about, we always wonder, is there an underlying issue? Most often, that's just something that has finally sparked that date at that time. And someone was usually in possession of a weapon, oftentimes a firearm, and they chose to discharge it that day. And the injuries were so severe that that person died. Several weeks ago, there was a uh 11 raids on gang activity. Okay, were you a part of that? Can you tell us a, anything about it? I, I can't say that I'm... I was not the team that was part of the that uh, lead. We are somewhat familiar with the, the groups that were there. And um, right now, I'm not really sure how active they are in still completing that investigation, so I wouldn't feel comfortable going into much detail because I think it's still ongoing. Okay, is I... After the show, I take aviation highway i get off on kino and there's all this graffiti advertising this gang and i was like you learned nothing mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you're still at it what's the difference between gangs today and gangs uh, from five ten years ago well historically gangs in the past um were more set to a neighborhood location they had their boundaries they had their neighborhoods, their their clothing, their colors, and it was more of a territorial thing back then. Um, now today we're seeing a lot of these, they call them hybrid gangs. Um, they're more social media based as opposed to a territorial area. And um, they switch gangs um, easier than they did back in the day. So one day they could be this gang. Um, the next day they're having beef with somebody, they're, they're another hybrid gang. So it's not that they're set to a foundation, they live in a neighborhood, they're in a territory. 
Um, we still have that. We still see that somewhat, but um, it's the hybrid gangs that that are more prevalent today. Do any of these gangs translate into the the gangs that are in Mexico? Oh, as Is, far as the narcotics go, um, I think that they're involved in the narcotic sales, which ultimately comes from the cartels in Mexico. Um, but there's no, we're not seeing that affiliation with the cartels being here in Tucson. I was just wondering, because we have a map on our website. If if you go to our website, I can't remember which which thing it's on, but it, it shows you a map of Mexico and who's running which section as far as cartel is concerned. I just wondered if there was a, a relationship on this side of the border to what's going on down there. We we do see it occasionally. Um, we do have cartel members here in Tucson. It's just not the large groups that are down in Mexico. Okay. So a little bit of affiliation. A little bit, yeah, definitely. I think okay. you have to also look at the sale of firearms, the narcotics, and then just the ability for communication now is so much different with social media than maybe it has been in the past. And so the level of communication can be exactly, you know, as if face-to-face, but now you have that activity happening across the border and all they have to do is contact someone over here to say, meet me, you know, 10 miles out of Tucson and pick up the drugs, the guns, whatever it may be, so that they can transport it through either keeping it here or the rest of the United States. And so we see a lot of those connections, but most of the higher level cartel members stay in Mexico where they're more protected than they are being able to cross into the United States. We had uh, an event last week about um, sex trafficking, human trafficking, and people don't realize the internet has really made everything so much easier for these bad actors, and your child could be sitting on the sofa next to you and still be sex trafficked. And we had a great presentation, and people walked out of there with their jaws on the ground because they couldn't believe what they were hearing. Mm -hmm. We interviewed a lot of high school kids. And it was, it was, and I'm hearing that it's the same thing with gangs and everything else. Yeah. If, if you don't mind, Sherry, let's go into that just for a little bit, because I do think that is something that I'm a parent and I have a teenage daughter and I have a 10 year old boy. And I think for parents, as you mentioned, the kids sitting on the couch, we see them with a phone in their hand and texting but we don't know what app it is. We don't know who they're communicating with. But to most, and I don't want to speak for every child, of course, but for most teenagers, that relationship is as real as it is me and you sitting here today looking face-to-face, right? So they will call those people their friends. They will look at that and think that person motivates me, inspires me, or can bring me down based on a conversation. Now apply that to gang activity or apply that to a homicide or a theft or a robbery or whatever mechanism it is. Uh, sex trafficking, as you mentioned, I think that's something that I had a parent in related to a similar homicide or a more recent homicide make that statement to me like, well, we just didn't know. And I had to make the same statement to them was, well, we've got to be more proactive and better understanding what our kids are doing. Exactly. Because I think we worry about, and as a police officer, we worry about over-policing our kids, right? We don't want that stigma associated to them of who your mom and dad is. Helicopter parents. Helicopter parents. You can hate me later when you're 30. But we have to be cognizant that it takes a lot more activity because before we would look at who did our kids go to 
or whose house did they go to last weekend or who came to our house this weekend. But now it's literally they're having conversations or could have the conversations at 2 a.m. And all it takes is somebody to say, hey, we're going to go over to you know someone's house to shoot it up. Why don't you meet us over there? And that is becoming, as uh, Alex mentioned, more commonplace. It's not a rallying point anymore where it is what we're accustomed to. And parents, and, and this was the parent of um, a family member whose son was involved in a gang and later committed a homicide. And they have younger kids still in the house. And that's what I told them. is like, you have to get active now because this is not the first time these shooters have been in your home or you've allowed them to sleep on your couch or you've allowed them to take your car at 2 a.m. Yeah. But you've got to know that those are consequences that maybe not being as active as we should be in some of these cases is that could be what the ultimate uh, results are. And I just think that's something I would want to share with a lot of parents is just take the time to have that conversation. I've had to, and I've had to learn the hard way sometimes where we have to sit down and look at those apps and who they're communicating with and have the the real conversation about what is the plan with who you're communicating with. Just like we're mentioning with these gangs about meeting up. Um, you've heard of flash mobs with social media and people doing those kind of things where they're breaking into but, stuff, robbing yeah. things, all that. And it really takes a group text or Snapchat or Instagram or Pinterest and Discord. There's a thousand different apps out there now that the moment you think you have a grasp on what's capable on this one, someone creates five more and it takes and especially now with online learning for kids, they probably have these same chat rooms for their schools that are now being used in other ways as well. So just take the time to educate yourself on it because those are things that we have to be cognizant of as parents now, not to be a helicopter parent, but to be protective. Oh, yes, over you what, are. <laughs> I, I would like to say I'm very engaged. I'm sure my daughter would have a different word for it, but I'm very engaged. And that's what the goal is, right? I mean, it's you want our kids to grow up healthy, but I wouldn't let a stranger into my home yeah. and talk to my kids for two hours if I had no knowledge of who they were. Exactly. And we have to be cognizant of exactly what that is on uh, but not social wa- media. Watching, not watching what they're listening to and who they're talking to. You're allowing that stranger in your home. Agreed. And, you know, you don't know. And don't let your kids go to bed with their phone or their tablet or whatever they're using. Take it away from them. It's bedtime. Go to bed because they'll be on that device all night long. Yep. So, yeah, I I had where I used to live when my son was little. I had a Pima County Sheriff lived across the street and I got ridiculed for taking my son to a gun class to learn how to respect and what not to do with weapons because he was over there playing all the time. I thought, curiosity, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, so... I took him to a class and this is what you don't do. And I had him hear it from somebody else so that it would stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so who else do we have? The last one I have occurred on November 30th, 2021, about 11.30 in the night. 21-year-old Elijah Gracia was out walking near his residence. Within minutes of him leaving his residence, he was shot to death between Pueblo Gardens Park and Pueblo Gardens School, uh, which is on Menor Avenue. Witnesses saw two other males in the area just before the shooting. Those subjects have not yet been identified. Um, and during the shooting, a nearby occupied residence was also struck by gunfire. So, so these incidents have a potential of escalating even more and having even more victims, especially in these uh, busy neighborhoods. 
You know, when I hear, you know, somebody was sleeping in bed and got shot by a drive-by, I'm just like, <laughs> shot and killed. Little girl, shot and killed because somebody decided to go shoot him up. Um, yeah. Yes, I have a case very similar to that. A, a young teenage girl sleeping in a in a house um, near Ajo, and the house was um, involved in a drive-by shooting and shot up, and she was shot once. Um, that that one's unsolved to this day too. It was several years ago. But. So if you have any information on any of these cases, the ones that Dave talked about, and we're, when we come back from break, we're going to go over them again because I want you to take notes, get pen and paper ready, take some notes. We're going to help solve some crimes here. Mm. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a few. This is David Zuelo, president of 88 Crime. Every year, 88 Crime hosts an award dinner to honor the brave men and women of law enforcement from across Southern Arizona. This year's dinner will be on May 7th at the beautiful Savoy Opera House on Tanca Verde. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor or making a donation to support the event, please go to 88crime.org for more details. We appreciate your generosity and support. Tickets may also be purchased on Eventbrite. Saving lives means staying informed. Knowing the dangers of using counterfeit prescription pills can help those you care about and keep our community safe. As a parent, educator, neighbor, or friend, we all play a role in building safe and healthy futures for ourselves and our loved ones. Do your part. Take the first step today. Visit GetSmartAboutDrugs.com to access education, prevention, and treatment resources. Counterfeit prescription pills laced with fentanyl are deadly. Be their protector. Be informed. Visit GetSmartAboutDrugs.com. Hi, this is Rich Tracy. The Law Matters Live weekly radio show was created to give law enforcement a voice rather than a soundbite. In doing so, we also give our listeners a voice with federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies across the country, the legal community, government officials, and our military. You will hear truthful, up-to-date information valuable to you and your family while contributing to and encouraging safer communities. To report suspected human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center at 1-888-373-7888 or text HELP or INFO to 233-733. To learn more about Homeland Security investigations and our efforts to combat human trafficking, please visit our website at www.ice.gov or check out the DHS Blue Campaign at www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. For more information on the Southern Arizona Anti-Trafficking Unified Response Network, please visit us at www.saturn.org or find us on Facebook. Every Saturday morning at 8, Law Matters live show brings you law enforcement. On our next show, we talk with Lieutenant Colonel Hal Kempfer, Marine retired and CEO of GRIP, on long-term global effects of Putin's war and his slaughtering of innocent people. Hi, this is Sherry, also inviting you to join our 1030 Challenge detailed on our website. Law Matters podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, lawmatters1030.org. staying with us. Our guest today is Tucson Police Department. We have Detective Alex here and we have Lieutenant Corey here. Dave's here from ADA Crime. Rich is sitting in the corner. We won't let him talk. And we want to go over this again. Dave, tell us 
Tell us your cases again, because if you have any information, anything at all, even if you think, gee, the color of the car doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Call 88 Crime and, and report it. Absolutely. Thanks, Sherry. So, again, the first case that I want to highlight is Zachary Corbett. Zachary was killed in the 1400 block of East Grant Road on October 13, 2015, about six and a half years ago during a home invasion robbery. Um, we have a reward of up to $20,000 for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person responsible or persons involved in, in that home invasion robbery. And again, you know, s- similar to what's already been talked about, just information. We never know what is going to be important for law enforcement until they, they receive it and they can compare it against whatever they have already. Um, even rumors in neighborhoods, very important to share. Um, the next case I have is Danny Jackson, who was killed in the 400 block of South Grande Avenue just about two years ago, July 7th, 2020. Um, killed from a gunshot wound. We have a reward up to $27,500 for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the people uh, responsible for his murder. I have a reward of up to $4,000 for the murder of Osvaldo Raul Vargas, who was um, basically outside of his residence in the 400 block of West 19th Street when a dark-colored SUV, similar to a Dodge Durango or a Chevy Blazer, uh, drove by traveling south on Osborne Avenue, firing numerous gunshots where he and and others were standing. he, uh, he passed away from those injuries, and again, we're looking for information uh, on the people responsible. And then finally, Ramon Ramirez Gastelum, whose body was discarded back on June 14, 2021, near Greasewood, and, and um, sorry, San Juan Trail, so the west side of Tucson, um, his vehicle is also still outstanding, which is a 2002 Chevrolet Tahoe, uh, which at the time had an Arizona plate on it of CCF1386. That vehicle has still not been located. So a reward of up to $6,100 for the arrest and conviction of anyone uh, involved in this murder. Where does the money come from? That's a great point. So 88 Crime is managed by a volunteer board of directors that... uh, You're one of? uh, I am. And it's our task to go out and raise money. We... um, Pass the hat? Correct. (laughs) We we raise money to pay these rewards. Uh, We have a very dedicated board. We also uh, work closely with the community... We look for donations. As I mentioned earlier, we have a an event coming up on May 7th to honor law enforcement from across Southern Arizona. A lot of the money that we use for tips is raised during that event through auctions, through donations from the public. So again, any community members who would be willing to join us as a sponsor for the event, give donation items to the event that we can auction off would be greatly appreciated. And then finally, we we, um, 
We also seek information from from specific um, groups that will often support law enforcement through the reward process we use at 88 Crime. So how do you determine the amount of the reward for the individual crimes? So it varies. We have a sliding scale ranging from $100 to $2,500, although I will say on occasion, we have went beyond $2,500 for... That must be a really bad person. Um, typically murderers. Yeah. Uh, the, the solving of, of homicide cases. But there's a sliding scale, graduating scale, uh, depending upon the the number of arrests, the... the Sometimes it's drugs recovered. Sometimes it's Ill, illicit uh, gains that have been recovered. It just depends. We also seek input from the law enforcement detectives. Once they've completed their investigation, they'll report back on what, what, not what information was used, but what the resolve was of that case. And we'll take that into account as well. And then as a board, we'll vote on how much the reward should be. And the U.S. Marshals has usually got a, a big voice in that. I used to be on the 88 Crime Board. They kicked me off, but <laughs> that's okay. Um, I know U.S. Marshals use a lot of your information, as does, you know, the Homicide Unit, TPD. And if you've got any information at all about anything, if any of these stories are ringing a bell with you, even if you want to just talk about it, Absolutely. We are all 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have people manning our lines. They're taking the phone calls. They're looking at the tips that come in over the computer. They're looking at the tips that come in over the P3 tips line. Again, all information is completely sanitized. We do not share information. We don't collect information from the callers in terms of their identity, their phone number. Nothing is recorded. We are not law enforcement. We are a private organization who collects that information, sanitizes any personal information that could lead back to the caller, and then we route that information to the appropriate law enforcement organization so they can use it as they deem necessary. And that helps a lot of people solve crimes. Oh, it's extremely valuable. And, and I just want to reiterate, obviously, we're talking about unsolved homicides today. Right. But 88 crime is could be for use in any crime that occurs within any jurisdiction. Oh, um, robberies, bank, bank I, robberies. I was going to say, it is invaluable for our robbery uh, cases where you, a lot of times you'll see photos thrown up on the Internet or on our Twitter accounts or Facebooks and say, do you know this person? Um, I think robbery is one of our largest uh, clients, if you will, of 88 Crime just because of the sheer volume and uh, numbers that go out through there. So thanks to everyone that takes a, a minute to look at the Tucson Police Department Facebook and Twitter account. And they have specialized robbery uh, accounts for Twitter and Facebook, I believe. So when they send that kind of information out, that's a place. And again, I, let's uh, share, I think you said it for Christmas, right? Keep in mind, <laughs> if you've got nothing better to do than to scroll across Facebook, look on there and go, hey, let me look at the Tucson Police Department robbery section and obviously follow our public information officer's webpage because, hey, that may be a way to pay some bills is looking up and going, Absolutely. I recognize that guy. He was my neighbor. And I'm going to reach out to any ex-girlfriend, boyfriend, family member, uh, in-laws, ex-laws, whatever it may be. If you recognize any of these people, call it in anonymously. That may be the way to pay your bill and help uh, get a violent person off the street. So we'll take it where we can get it. 
And if you have a ring phone, those those doorbells, the ring doorbells, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. you might have something on there that will help. Absolutely. So you know, check it out. You never know. You know, on that topic, real quick too. Um, one thing that I would like to ask um, your listeners, as as much as anyone who uh, is listening right now, but can also share this uh, broadcast with someone else, is a lot of these cases are not just eyewitness statements. And we talked about it earlier that if you've Here's heard a, something, feel free to call that in as well. But criminal investigations require participation from our community. And a lot of times people don't know what they don't know. And one of the cases that we'll go back over here in a second, talking about Uber drivers, taxi drivers, people that may have just been a friend in our neighborhood, just going, I gave this person a ride across town and dropped them off at you know, the, the street or it doesn't matter. But you may have transported that person from point A to point B before they committed their crime. And overheard them talking about it. And overheard them it. talking about it. Exactly. Turn them in. And the gun falls out of their pocket, which actually happens more often than you would believe. They jump in a car, they're wearing basketball shorts, and the gun falls out on the floorboard and somebody, <laughs> they watch them pick it up and drop them off. And maybe you um, saw something. And again, not that you knew what was going on. That's why the tip could remain anonymous. But sharing that information with us and business owners, um, thank you to everybody that always reaches out and allows us that uh, collaboration where they're, like you mentioned, the ring cameras. cameras. Um, I mean, if you don't have one and it doesn't have to be ring, I'm not trying to promote it, but man, those things are invaluable. All the different kind of security cameras that are up on your phone. So those are great. You know, and to that point, Sherry, um, the P3 Tips app, you're able to take a photograph of that video or that video clip and upload it directly into the P3 Tips app, which will go directly to law enforcement, um, whether it's the ring camera, whether it's doorbell camera or it's surveillance cameras, that may lead to to very valuable information getting into law enforcement hands completely anonymously. Yeah, you might have a car just driving by during the night. You don't know if that car was involved with the crime, carrying the, the bad actors or you know, whatever, turn it in. You might you might be helping solve a crime. Yes. Exactly. Thank yes. you. And there's a lot of times we do canvas the area and people aren't home, but they have their ring doorbells and we leave business cards. And um, so, yeah, if they can just review those videos and see if there's anything on them. You leave a business card on their door? A lot of times we do. If I found your business card on my door when I wasn't home, and I, I, I'm not calling you. <laughs> don't, I'm kidding. It, <laughs> And I'm not surprised a lot of people don't call us back. Oh, really? So, yes. But that's a no, great segue. <laughs> that's also another great segue. People are often afraid of the people in their neighborhood. They mm-hmm. don't want to be a noticeable witness. Yeah. 88 Crime gives them the ability to, if they don't want to con- contact the, the detective directly, take that information and put it into any one of the three reporting, whether it's the phone, online, or through the P3 Tips app they will still receive that information without without any safety issues for them in the neighborhood. Yeah, you, then, you know, nobody will know that you did that. You don't even have to be home to do it. If you've got P3 on your cell phone, you know, go to the store and, and report it. Go someplace else so you feel a family member is going to be watching you. But, you know, get the information to the right people. It's for your safety. Let's clean up your neighborhoods, our neighborhoods. Agreed. People, I think, forget sometimes that criminals get it wrong and they shoot up the wrong house. Mm-hmm. And maybe you got a truck that looks like someone else's truck or a car that looks like someone else's car. And 
this could be your your house, right? It's not just, well, my neighbor's a bad actor and got shot up by a bad actor. It could very well be they got confused that night because they're high or drunk or both, and they're both. or they're just really angry and all they're seeing is red, and they want to shoot up a neighborhood. And just like uh, Alex mentioned before, that can be your kid sleeping by the window. That could be you up at night watching TV and getting hit by a stray bullet or an intentional bullet. And this is not just them over there doing that act. And I think sometimes we have to be very cognizant that this is part of our community. Right. And we have to be, if we want it to be safe, we have to be participatory in it, right? If you don't want the detective to answer the door, or excuse me, to answer the door for the detective, I understand. I'd prefer you did, but I understand that. But the 88 crime tip is a way and a mechanism to help try to keep your community safe. Because I don't believe most people are naive enough to think they don't know who the bad actors are that live three doors down. And the people that are there all the time and they've heard the shots fired and they see the cars racing down the streets. And they know what kind of activity is usually going on. They need to be privy to that and they need to share that information. And again, it's not you're trying to... I, I don't... You're not trying to necessarily get someone in trouble. You're trying to be proactive to say, this is helping me solve not only the case, but keep the rest of my community safe. Safe. Exactly. Absolutely. We'll never get better if we don't work together. And if you don't want to let the detective in your house, that's fine. They're going to leave their card. You can call them and meet them someplace else. 100%. You know, I know they're very friendly people. You don't have to be afraid of them. Let's go over these cases again real quick. We want to we want people to listen in if it any kind of memory or thought process we want you to call in or or report it through ADA crime. Absolutely. So again the the triple homicide involves Willona White. Uh she was a 44-year-old. Uh, she worked in the healthcare field. Um she lived with her two sons, Talmadge Holmes, 18 and Jaden White, 14. Um, and on July 1st of 2021, um, around 7.40 in the morning, her parents uh, went over to her house and found her and uh, her two young sons deceased from gunshot wounds. Um, again, we do have a person of interest in this case. We have not made an arrest in this case. So any additional details um, regarding uh, Wilona and her family or anything heard that night, anything seen that night could really help us oh. out in seeking justice for, for this poor family. Yeah, that, that just boggles my mind. You shoot a mom and two kids. Yes. <laughs> what's the point? Yes. Very So hard. what's the next one? Uh, the next one was on June 21st. Um, 38-year-old Manuel Martinez Gomez, um, he was shot numerous times. This is in the 400 block of West Ohio. Uh, he was sitting in a vehicle um, in the yard of his residence. Uh, the suspect was seen exiting an SUV-style vehicle. Um, that vehicle and other vehicles were passing by, so that's why we believe we have multiple witnesses uh, to this incident. Um, one of the occupants of that SUV got out and gunned down, gunned down Manuel while he was sitting in his in vehicle, um, killing him on scene. Um, the next is 43-year-old Ruben Chavaria Valenzuela. This was in the 4400 block of South 7th Avenue. He was attending a barbecue at his family's residence, uh, hanging out on the front um, carport area with several other family members. 
Um, several subjects were seen walking up to the residents on foot, um, and somebody uh, started firing into the crowd, hitting Ruben, um, nearly missing others. Um, the group of subjects is believed to frequent that area. They were on foot. There's no reason to believe any vehicle um, was associated at this point. Does the family think they know who did it or are they just oblivious to, you know, I have no idea. This stranger just walked up and started shooting. The family hasn't given us any indication that they know who did it. Um, Ruben kind of was a family guy, kept to himself, um, really didn't go to this house too often. Um, it wasn't like a weekly thing or it was a family member's house, but we don't know if if Ruben was the target or if somebody else within that group was the target. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns. In, Maybe in mistaken identity. Correct. So what's the other one? The, the last one I have was on November 21st, um, 1130 p.m. 21-year-old Elijah Gracia, he was out for a walk in his neighborhood. Um, he lives in the 2500 block of East Menorstra Avenue. He was walking between Pueblo Gardens Park and the Pueblo Gardens School on on Menor, and witnesses saw um, the victim and then two additional males in the area just prior to the shooting. Um, that witness actually parks, hears the shooting, um, and then um, Elijah's found deceased in that area. So we're not sure if those people involved are witnesses or suspects at this point, um, but they could potentially be witnesses and help us into this investigation or one's a suspect, one's a witness. Not not completely sure at this point. So the P3 app is, is something you really want on your telephone. <laughs> you want to be able to use that and stay anonymous. And if you've got that ring phone, are there other kinds of phones, doorbell phones? The that cameras, yes. Other there's than multiple companies that can do it that can be wireless, easy to connect, connect it to your phone. Um, I, I can't think of all of them. There's Ring, there's Nest, there's uh, Cardinal, I think, is one. But it's not like, you know, it, it erases 24 hours later. Does it keep a tape? I believe you have to, it depends on how you want to set up your account. So, like, you can buy the camera. Uh, like, say, for example, I have Ring cameras at my home, and you, I bought them at Costco, I believe. And when you set them up, you can pay for a subscription so that the video is recorded on the cloud. And if you want to retrieve that at any point, you can pay for, you know, whatever the capacity is. I think so much, I think it's like $3 per camera per month or something. And if that's something you want to reference regularly, that's great. And that's what I recommend. Um, I think it's more valuable that way. But then there's also just live camera footage, you know, like the door, uh, the ring doorbell camera is it shows someone walking up to your door and at least you can see it or take a screenshot from your phone. But I think, again, my personal opinion, if you can afford the $3 a month, I think it's worth being able to archive what's going on in your front yard. Because again, I, I can think of multiple cases where people get the wrong house and you don't know what is going on and who's walking up into your front yard and they'll bang on the door. Or especially if you're a renter, you know, you maybe just started renting that house six months ago, but the guy that's high trying to kick in the door thinking there's drugs inside was because of the guy that lived there before. And you have to be privy to those kind of things in the world that just be cognizant of it and, you know, try to be as prepared as you can. So if you live in any of these neighborhoods that we're, we've been describing, with how many cases do we do today? Seven? Eight? Eight. Eight? 
if you live in any of those neighborhoods and you think you might have some footage, look through your phone. Look through your footage. Look on the dates that were mentioned and, and see if there's anything there that that you don't know. You might might have a, a piece of the puzzle here that can help put somebody away. And then you don't have to worry about being afraid in your neighborhood. Clean it up. Well, and what would you want someone to do for you? That's I, I think we I think we oftentimes associate people with this is the lifestyle they've chosen, but they don't realize the effect of how it is for the younger brother, the younger sister, the mom, the nana, the tata, everybody that's living at the household, or the people that will never recover from that kind of a trauma. Yeah. And I, I again, maybe you don't care about yourself. Certain people don't, but care about the person next to them and try to give them some peace and try to get this violent person off the street. Because again, we're not wanting to do any blanket strategies of this is all bad or this is a bad neighborhood, but there are bad actors and we all know who they are and we need to be able to get them to where they either get treatment or they get put in jail, but violence will not be tolerated. Do they get treatment in jail? Certain aspects of it, depending on what the reasons are. I can't say what would lead someone to do that. Some people are just evil, in my opinion, and they just choose to kill. And then there are are people who were high and made a bad decision and there are people who do other things but they have to be held accountable for their actions because no matter what violence is not tolerated no it isn't so what are you going to tell people who are considering uh, a career in law enforcement are you going to this event i am not attending that event no if you were going to this event which is highlighting opportunities for women in law enforcement between one and three on Wilmont at the Law Enforcement Training Center, what would you tell a recruit about your career? You know, females have a great opportunity in this career. Um, the The majority of it, obviously, is males law in law enforcement, um, but females have a great advantage at talking to people, especially males. Um, a lot of times the suspects we talk to were able to bring kind of a calming sense to it. Um, And I think that they respect, not all the time, but a lot of times that the people we talk to respect us more um, as females. I don't know why, um, kind of the motherly calming aspect, I think of it. A lot of times they get intimidated um, by other males, but it's, it's rewarding to be able to go into an interview when, when the suspect has been so, amped up and um, aggressive towards other male officers, but then you walk in there as a female and and a lot of times... Calm the situation yes, down. Yes, yes, and, and are able to talk to them and get some sort of a story, um, but I, I think it's... I think that's a big rewarding aspect of the career is is being able to to talk to people in the in the motherly way and how long have you been an officer um i've been with the department for 14 years and corey how long have you been in the department a little over 20. wow you're a lot older uh, well thank you for that Sherry. I appreciate it. <laughs> and she goes well you look much older i thought it was 30 years well yeah but we're actually very lucky to have alex in our homicide unit and, and she is 100 percent correct there are times that we strategize on how we're going to conduct an interview based on the suspect and what their demeanor has been thus far and who who do we believe is going to be the best person to talk to that person to get them to open up and you know give us the facts of the case and she does a phenomenal job and we've been very lucky to have her in the team and talking about this um, 
program today, the um, open house, if you will. I want to reiterate, too, for your listeners and for the community, there's also um, what we call professional staff jobs. You probably have heard of the term community service officers. And then there's also police officers. So police officers are sworn. Those are the ones who carry the gun and the badge. Community service officers can be actually 18 and up. And though uh, we're trying to create a pipeline of people who would like to get into policing now after they graduate high school, maybe while they're in college. And then if that is something where they want to progress into the policing field with, you know, a a law enforcement uh, training academy where you go to the police academy, if you will, that's always a great segue. Mm -hmm. But there are things that our community can do now an 18-year-old that's looking for how do I pay the bills. Um, The city has great benefits for paying off tuition, um, going through Pima, going through the U of A uh, tuition help. And it's also training. I think people forget sometimes that that skill set of just working with your community and talking to people and helping solve problems translates to so many other jobs. Now, of course, I don't want them to start and leave, but it is a great profession. And right now, a community service officer can start with the Tucson Police Department, I think it's a seven or eight week police academy, if you will, for that community service officer job. And then they go into field training. And so you are working directly where you, if you're from Tucson or in your community. And that's what I think is the ultimate goal is to give back. And as a police officer, we've been so lucky to be able to have that opportunity. And like Alex was saying, for 14 years, myself for 20 plus, um, you know, with a uh, Dave Azuelo, uh, also having been retired TPD, thank you for your service over there, sir. And, um, and thank your wife. And just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we couldn't do this alone by any means. This is just something that I want to make sure we all reiterate is there are openings on the department for all these jobs. And if you want to help contribute, keeping our community safe, everything is valuable. Every person that controls a tip line is just as cognizant and and, um, important as a person who's interpreting that information and passing it on to our detectives. The person, uh, we have some great analysts that work with us, our professional staff, if you will. Their job is to say, hey, here's a nickname. Can you tell me who that belongs to and find Facebook and cars and addresses and all that? And they have a youth program, too, the Explorers. The Explorer program, phenomenal. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be 18. You can be younger than that and get involved, and it's free. Yes. It's free. And if you're not sure that law enforcement is right for you, both the Explorer program, both CSO, the um, community service officers are a great step into... Finding out if you like it or not. Exactly. You get to work closely with them and you can figure out if you want to make that jump into law enforcement. Okay. I want to thank everybody for coming on the show today and hopefully we'll solve some crimes. And until next week... I want everybody to shop local, stay safe. Good morning, Rich. Glad you're here. Thanks for having us here. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rich. Saturday morning at 8, Law Matters live show brings you law enforcement. On our next show, we talk with Lieutenant Colonel Hal Kempfer, Marine retired and CEO of GRIP, on long-term global effects of Putin's war and his slaughtering of innocent people. Hi, this is Sherry, also inviting you to join 
our 1030 challenge detailed on our website. Law Matters podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, lawmatters1030.org.